When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This podcast is gold. Basketball gold. You're tuned into the best Cleveland Cavaliers podcast in all the land. Basketball gold. Hosted by Mike Fratello and Jeff Phelps. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Basketball Gold with Fratello and Phelps. I'm the Phelps part of that. I'm Jeff Phelps. And my partner, longtime NBA head coach, longtime NBA broadcaster, a man I've known for a long time, and I'm very happy to be working with him on this, Mike Fratello. Hello, Coach. How are you? A little upset about this opening because it could have been like, well, you said, hi, everyone, I'm Jeff Phelps, and then I could have come in and said, hi, everyone, I'm Mike Fratello, the other half of the podcast, but it didn't work out that way. But I'm not trying oh. to have problems early on. You're my I thought I'd kind of give you a great big buildup. I mean, I left out the czar of the Telestrator. But I said one of the best color analysts ever. That that's a fact. Well, I appreciate that very much. Thank you, partner. You're you're welcome very much. Uh, Mike and I have known each other since Mike was the coach of the Cavaliers, starting in 1994. We've worked together. We've watched a lot of basketball together. I'm proud to say that I've learned a ton from you, and I'm looking forward to doing this with you. And. Uh, just to set the record for everybody, you're working with Cleveland Cavalier Telecast. You're working with Los Angeles Clipper Telecast. So you're all over the NBA. Yeah, and it sure was hard doing the game a couple nights ago when the Cavaliers played at the Clippers. Uh, and here I am broadcasting that game for Clipper TV. And I had just come from broadcasting a Cavaliers game uh, on the road or in Cleveland, I should say. So it made it a little bit strange uh, trying to be neutral down the road. You know, the difference between local broadcasts and when you're doing something for, let's say, a TNT or NBA TV, there you can have more of an opinion. Whereas if you're doing your local broadcast, you are slightly favoring the home team. Being honest, obviously, pointing sure. out what should be pointed out. But you do lean a little bit towards the home team. So in that broadcast, there were two home teams for me. So I tried to be in the middle of the road uh, in reporting what was going on in the game. Well, and you've always done such things. There have been big storylines in the NBA so far this season. Some teams that everybody thinks will be doing great things this year, not doing very well. Other teams really coming out and making a strong impression. And Mike, even though the Cavaliers during this road trip have lost two straight games here after starting with two straight wins, 
the Cavs are one of those stories where they've been one of the feel-good stories, one of the, hey, watch these guys' stories in the NBA right now with a record of 8-3. and three. Donovan Mitchell's a key to that. We're going to talk a lot about Donovan coming up a little bit later on in the podcast, and we're going to talk about what's coming up with the end of the road trip and some other things around the NBA. But, Mike, your first impressions of what you've seen from the Cavaliers through the first 11 games or so. I've been very fortunate, as you know, Jeff, the Cavaliers are kind enough to give the uh, people that are covering them either on radio, TV, or doing a pre-post-game show. They give them access to the practices, and that's a trust uh, between the organization, the front office, the PR department, and the coaching staff that what goes on in the practice stays in the practice. It's So you guys are there covering them can gain some kind of knowledge, some kind of insight as to why a coach might be making a move, et cetera, during the course of a game. It also gives you a chance to see if someone's injured, are they coming back? Uh, so that when you do your reporting, uh, you really have a, a an insight as to what's going on and why it's going on. So there's a trust that's been built up there. And uh, I'm saying all this because I have to say that J.B. Bickerstaff uh, has done an incredible job in teaching this group of young men from day one. Uh, They are thoroughly prepared. You will not have one of the players say, I didn't know my role. Mm. I didn't know what I was supposed to do or I was confused on. That's not happening because he is so thorough on his communication to the players and what they expect of them. And it's helped them to get out to this quick start. Uh, They have depth. They put together a really good roster. Uh, He can on a given night turn to the bench and expect that he's going to get productivity from the bench. And every once in a while, it doesn't happen. And last night's game was one of those where the Sacramento bench uh, really did a great job uh, versus the second unit from the Cavaliers. But I think in last night's game, we also saw the effect of and how powerful the three ball is in the NBA nowadays. Because there are going to be certain nights where you just don't make shots from behind the three-point line. And if your opponent shoots enough of them and they're making them, you're in trouble. You're in for a long night because you can't guard everything all the time. You have to give something up to take away something else. Last night, an 18-point differential from Sacramento's three-point line to the Cavaliers' three-point line. And you see how a team like Sacramento suddenly can knock off a Cavalier team just by taking so many more and making so many more three-point shots. One thing about the Sacramento game, Mike, and you can go to the Clippers game and you can go to the Lakers game as well, and it's not what J.B. Bickerstaff has been preaching to the team. They gave up 60 or more points in the first half of each of those three games and 69 points in the first half uh, against the Sacramento Kings. And he said, J.B., after the game, maybe arrogance on our part, where we're thinking we can just come back and do that. You were known for having very, very good defensive teams. How do you instill that, especially in a group, Mike, that's just coming together? Well, you'd have to say that uh, the game has changed so much now. Uh, Everything that you hear from organizations is pace, is tempo. We have to play at a a higher tempo, a higher pace. We have to take more three-point shots. So uh, what 48 to 52 was back when I was coaching is that now 58 to 62 Mm. when you think about the use of the three-point shot now 
I, I go way back to the series, the great series between the Boston Celtics and the team I was coaching in Atlanta. I think combined in game seven, there were nine three-point attempts taken combined <laughs> both teams together. So it's changed a little bit now because you've got teams taking 48 to 50 three-point shots a night. So I understand what, what Coach Bickerstaff is saying. From day one, he has preached to this team, we are a defensive team first. We'll be good at the defensive end, and our offense will come. And, and this is what happens sometimes. You get that slippage. It happens a lot when you go on long trips. You don't get a chance to practice. You don't get a chance to refresh the fundamentals of keeping the ball in front of you, closing out to three-point shooters. And as a result of that, when you do get your first day that you can have a legitimate practice, you go to your list of things that you've written down on a long road trip of where the slippage is taking place. You have game slippage uh, everywhere all season long when you don't get a chance to repeat or practice the things that are the core, the basics of your offense or your defense. And that's what happens. You get a little bit of slippage. Perhaps, as he said, maybe you start thinking, hey, you know, we're pretty good. And you don't play quite as hard as you did in the previous games. And then a team like Sacramento, who has been waiting to win, they've been building up talent. And everybody in Sacramento keeps saying, next year's our year. And that year hasn't come yet. Well, they bring Mike Brown in, who is a very solid coach. And they're just starting to believe in what Mike Brown is preaching. Some players have matured. They've added some young talent. And it's a pretty good roster that Sacramento has. So they can catch you every once in a while. Mike, you were talking about the bench. And, and again, Sacramento, it had a tough time. I, I was doing a little digging today, and I thought this was really interesting. Right now, the Cavs are playing their starters more minutes than any other team in the NBA. And I thought, okay, you have Donovan Mitchell coming in. Why would that happen right now? Is it because you're looking for a good start? Is it because you're looking to get these guys used to each other? And of course, with Darius Garland being out with his eye injury, you know, he wasn't in there with Donovan and that whole unit. Is it a chance for JB to try and hammer home? Hey, this is our five and this is what we're doing. Or why do you think it might be? Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. There's a lot of things you can bring up there, Jeff, with that question. It's a, a good question, but a tough question because there has to be a read. You know, nowadays, every organization has so many people between the medical staff that they can turn to on their coaching staff that dictate workload. Mm -hmm. uh, workload terminology that we didn't use back when I was coaching. There wasn't a big concern about workload. If you were a star player and you were the best player on the team, you're going to play a lot of minutes because you're going to carry the team. You're and out there. It was. Yeah. I remember a great story. When I, my first season as a head coach in Atlanta, we played our first exhibition game against the Boston Celtics up in Boston. Bill Fitch was the coach. And at the end of the game, you know, I had every player broken down. Five guys with 22 minutes or 23 minutes. 
and then the next five guys with 18 or 16 minutes, and then the next five guys somewhere at 10 to 12 minutes. Give everybody a chance. First game, you know, exhibition game. Why not? Maybe 10, 12 days into the, the practice schedule. And when the game ends, we're walking out, and I'm reading the stat sheet, and I look, and here comes Coach Fitch the other way. We kind of ran into each other, and I said, Coach, let me ask you a question as, as a young coach. This is game one of the exhibition season. There will be six or seven more, and then the 82 games that really count. I'm looking at Larry Bird's name. He played 42 minutes tonight in the exhibition game. Why? And he looked at me and said, because he's going to play 44 to 46 every night during the regular season. I got to get him in shape to play those minutes. And that was the philosophy back then. Larry Bird was going to play a lot of minutes, which Larry Bird was okay with. There was nobody saying to Bill Fitch, hey, you know, we have to watch this workload. You know, we have to manage it better. So having said all that, what's the philosophy of the staff? I'm sure the staff, meaning head coach, assistant, have talked with the medical staff that they have with the front office, the president, general manager, whatever, and said, how are we playing? How many people are we using? Are we going 10 deep? Are we going nine, eight, depending? And are you okay? If the player's okay with it, if he can handle the workload, are you okay if we play him 38, 40 minutes a night? And when all that's discussed, there are some players that are going to be, you know, the entire season they're going to be monitored. And the coach is going to be restricted to only X number of minutes. So I would assume that Coach Bickerstaff has spoken to his medical group, his trainer, uh, the support people there, uh, the ones that are watching workload minutes, et cetera. They adjust their practice schedule accordingly. Maybe you can't have the same hard practices that you want to have. All that goes into that answer, into that decision-making process. And there is a thing called winning games that becomes so important. You want the guys on the floor, they're going to help you win the most games because down the road you'd like to have home court advantage in the playoffs and then on and on and on from there.